Welcome back, everybody, to Pod Hacks. This is a baseball podcast with me, Justin Reyes. Uh, you can find more of my content, especially my podcast with my brother, Brandon, How Do We Get Here podcast at justareyes.com. Uh, you can also find me on social media, Instagram, at justareyes, or on TikTok, at justareyes as well. Uh, if you're new here, yes, we talk baseball. Uh, every now and again, uh, again, with, with scheduling and, and how things work out. And unfortunately, I don't make enough doing this, do this full time. So I have a full time job and same with my uh, buddy Yoni who has appeared on episodes past and hopefully in the future we can try to figure out something to to work that he can come back on the pod from time to time. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and then my brother Jordan also again, as we try to figure some things out, uh, this year may be a me only unless I find some other guests. I know I have had people talk to me about possibly coming on. Um, it's just working it into <laughs> everybody's schedule. Cause I work a rotating shift schedule. It's, it stays and it's hard to explain to people, but basically, basically, sorry. Uh, I worked five days this last weekend. I'm off for four. I work five days. It's coming up weekend. And then I'm off for five. I work for four. I'm off for five. And then that flips back and forth. Uh, and, Everyone around here works different schedules. So my brother, Brandon, who I, who I record with, How Do We Get Here podcast, works the exact opposite. So he's working for, he was off for five this last weekend. He's working for, off for five this coming up weekend. Then he works the five the following weekend, off for four. So the exact opposite. We're never off the same days. Uh, and it's a struggle to make that podcast work. But that is made to be a uh, two-man podcast with my co-host, Brandon, me being the host, obviously, if you listen to the show, uh, you know that to be true. Uh, but... <laughs> Here it will be me. Um, we're gonna figure some things. The show's gonna continue to evolve. The, the biggest thing is, I'm not overly concerned about um, where this show goes or doesn't go. I, I just want to find some consistent footing because I want to talk baseball. That's the reason why I don't mind finding other people to maybe pop into the show from time to time. So if you are interested or curious about popping into the show, message me at any time. Uh, you can, again, Instagram at Justy Race. You can email me, info at justyrace.com, or you can follow the anchor link in the episode description. Any of those will let you reach out to me. Uh, if you are a competent baseball fan, and uh, we'll see about maybe getting you on in the episode. If you're a fan of one particular team or one particular player that you want to talk about in an episode, I'm perfectly okay with that as well because I follow the Dodgers pretty... Uh, I mean, that's where I spend most of my time and most of my energy, baseball energy, is following the Dodgers. Uh, Big-time Dodger fan. I have recently adopted the Baltimore Orioles this season. Uh, big fan of what they have going on in Birdland. Uh, the the Splash Pond is... Uh, I mean, sorry, the Bird Bath is awesome out there in right field. Uh, big fan of what they got going on over there. Uh, last year, I was jumping on the Phillies train, and it, it took me pretty far, right? Uh, every year, I usually try to pick another team, especially because the Dodgers do so well, that I want to follow. Um, and this year, I just I love what they got going on in Baltimore. The it, it just it looks like so much fun. The team is so much fun. They are proving to be very legitimate as a contender. They look like they will be a playoff team this year. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot to be played out, but they have a very strong start, and they have a lot of youth, and a lot of what they got going on tells you that it's not just an early season fluke. Um, so this episode, last episode, we talked about update standings because it had been a while between episodes because I went on vacation, then we had a bunch bunch of stuff going on over here. Uh, so I, I did updated standings, and I talked about contenders and non-contenders and um, various things of that nature. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to start off with by doing an updated standings, and that is brought to you by OSHAsOutdoors.com. Uh, if you visit OSHAs, they have the very best waterproof blankets that man can buy. They really are amazing. They have an outdoor uh, backpack as well, a cooler backpack. <laughs> their, their product is awesome. Uh, and Part of the reason, again, why Yoni can't be here, who's been on episode past, is that he's the founder of that company, uh, and he has sent us some stuff. I love it. My wife loves it. My brother loves it. Uh, his family loves it. They really are amazing. If you're looking to do anything outdoors, around here, I know we go to the river. We go up to the mountain. Uh, if you're going to a baseball game and you want to stay out in the lawn, maybe a high school baseball game with the playoffs, uh, in some places starting, some places finishing, maybe you have some summer activities, some camps, whatever you got going on, Oceus Outdoors blankets are perfect for any weather, for sitting your butt down on the wet ground without worrying about getting your blanket wet, or you're up in the snow, or you're stuck in the rain and you need to stay warm without getting soaked. OSHAsOutdoors.com, waterproof blankets that are amazing. 
So the standings now, we're going to start with the National League West because whenever I open up my standings, that is the one that pops up first. Um, surprise, Dodger fan here. Uh, the Dodgers are currently ahead by three games at 27-16. and 16. Uh, They've played very well. They they took a tough loss last night. The, they got some... There's a lot of Dodgers talk I can get into. So they're, they're bullpen. They're probably going to make some moves. They're a little bit taxed over these last few weeks with Syndergaard not doing well. Um, Kershaw... Yeah, uh, condolences to him. His mother had passed away uh, either on Mother's Day morning or the night before. Um, trying to make a start. Uh, he wants to continue to make starts, uh, but this last one just wasn't as sharp. Didn't get the innings that they wanted to. They were getting some innings, uh, quality innings, out of their starters beforehand, uh, but their bullpen has been short, and they've been used quite a bit recently. So I would imagine a move is to be made. Uh, I'm curious what that is and what that looks like moving forward, especially because they don't have an off day for a while. This this happens during chunks of the season, um, so I'd be curious to see what happens there. Uh, but they took a tough loss. They play at Minnesota at noon today, so here really soon. Um early morning game before going to St. Louis. Uh, but they're 27-16. and 16. They're three games up on the Arizona Diamondbacks and seven games up on the San Diego Padres. Diamondbacks at 24-19. San Diego Padres at 20-13. and 13. The San Francisco Giants right behind them at 19-23, and 23, seven and a half games back. And the Colorado Rockies at 18-25, and 25, nine games back. And it, honestly, I expected the Rockies to be a little worse. So uh, not bad. They're 6-10. Uh, six and four. They've won six of the last ten. They're six and four in the last ten. Uh, the Dodgers with a plus fifty three run differential, which has put them up at second best in the National League behind the, the Braves. Uh, they have the best record in the National League by half game on the Braves, and currently the fourth best record in the Bigs, uh, half game back of Baltimore, and uh, five games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who are off to a scorching start. Uh, in the American, the National League East, the aforementioned Atlanta Braves are 26 and 16, and in first place, five games ahead of the Miami Marlins at 21 and 21. The Philadelphia Phillies are 20 and 22, with the Mets in, at 20 and 23. Both of them off to somewhat disappointing starts, especially with a negative 26 and a negative 19 run differential, uh, respectively. The Mets are three and seven in their last 10. They have played a lot of uh, lower level teams that they should have been racking up wins against. They did not rack up those wins. Now they're playing the, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, who beat them eight to five last night. They play again today to wrap up that series or start that series. You know what? Let me, let me double check on that one because I want to say that's the first game of that series, but I could be wrong. Scheduling is never as straightforward as it should be. Yeah, it's, it's game one of that series. So they played Monday. They finished up their their series against the Mets. Can are the Nationals going to beat ten to three? They play today at four against the Rays, and tomorrow at ten in the morning on travel day before they play the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, <laughs> Mets Mets might be in trouble. I don't want to count them out because the talent is still there. They still have some things to figure out. They get the pitching back, but the pitching has to figure out a way to become consistent. Uh, I want to count them out for the division. Six and a half games back. You can say that, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it with the Central. You can say six and a half games back isn't insurmountable, and it's not insurmountable. But the, the you have to be more talented than the team you're chasing down, and they're not more talented than the Braves. So... Uh, that's gonna be tough. Phillies, tough, tough start for them. And the Nationals are in last place at 18 and 24. Uh, only a game and a half behind the Mets, and they again they just smacked the Mets around a little bit. Uh, they're off to a better start than uh, I was anticipating, like the Rockies. I would expect those two teams to continue to slide backwards, and the Mets and Phillies to elevate themselves a little bit more. But the the wild card is becoming. Interesting in the National League, to say the least. Uh, so the NL Central would be the last one on the National League side. The Milwaukee Brewers are in first place at 24-18, and 18, two games ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates at 22-20, and 20, who have started off hot and now have um, struggled um, after their, their score chart start. start. Uh, fortunately for the Pirates, the rest of the division is terrible, so they've managed to remain in second place. The Chicago Cubs at 19 and 23 are the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds at 19 and 23 are five games back. And the St. Louis Cardinals, who are starting to figure it out a little bit, they've won seven of the last 10, are 17 and 26. They took a tough loss to Milwaukee last night, but they knocked them around the game before that. They swept the Red Sox before that. Uh, they're starting to fish some figure some things out. They're only seven and a half games back. So I would still give the edge to the Brewers because seven and a half is very difficult to overcome um, at any point in the season. 
but the Cardinals are the most talented team in this division. They are. They've had some issues internally and on the field, especially the pitching staff. I The pitching still is an issue. I think they're going to have to trade one of their, their outfielders or two of their outfielders and figure out a way to get another starting pitcher. You have Jordan Walker that you can easily bring up. He started the year with them, looked uh, well enough. Then they sent him down uh, because they have some um, overwhelming outfield depth. Uh, so... I don't know. Nolan Arenado's turning it around. Goldsmith's getting to go in a little bit. That's going to help the offense. Nolan Gorman has looked great. The offense is going to be just fine. Defensively, they're going to be just fine. But they got to figure out a way to get outs from their starting rotation and to get innings from them. Uh, they got to figure out a way to get better. But, again, they're the most talented team in this division. So them overcoming 7.5, I feel way more confident about that than I have about the Mets overcoming 6.5 for the Braves. The wild card side of things in the National League, the Arizona Diamondbacks are currently the number one wild card spot at 24 and 19. The Pittsburgh Pirates are number two at 22 and 20. The Miami Marlins are the third and final wild card spot at 21 and 21. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets are right there in the wings of San Diego Padres. They're a game or a game and a half back of that. The Cubbies and Reds, off to another surprising start, are two games back. Uh, actually, the Giants as well, two games back. Uh, the Nationals, three games. Rockies, three and a half games. And the St. Louis Cardinals, four and a half games. Uh, there's so much left to be decided in that pairing from Arizona to St. Louis. I, If I was a betting man, I would think that um, Cincinnati, Washington, Colorado would slide more, although Cincinnati has a lot of really talented young players. Uh, Eddie De La Cruz, I think is his name, and then you have the the kid from UCLA. Right now, I'm on his name. He just came up. Uh, they have a lot of talented young arms. There's finally some optimism about that Cincinnati Reds team with all of these young studs coming up and figuring their way out in the bigs. Uh, usually doesn't pay off first year, second year, third year down the line. The Reds may actually become a palatable baseball team and a team with uh, the direction that they haven't had in a long time. Uh, similar to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are probably a year ahead of them in that regard. Uh, the Diamondbacks could very well be a wild card team, but I, I'm going to pick the Diamondbacks to just miss it right now. But they could make me feel and look really stupid as the season goes on because they are a young, talented team. Now, I, I think... This year is more of a platform year for next year because uh, where like the Reds and the Marlins have had their pitchers come up and kind of establish themselves, the Nymex have had their offensive and defensive players establish themselves where their pitchers are starting to find their footing. Outside of Zach Gallon, obviously, who is amazing, uh, but they have a couple of young guys in Dre Jameson and in uh, Fault, I think is how you say his name. Uh, those guys are going to come up. There's another kid, too, that are going to find their way as a pitching, help round out that pitching staff. That being said, if they stay in contention, they could go out and steal a starting pitcher and trade for one from uh, uh, kind of go over top of the Cardinals or of the um, there's another team that needs a pitcher. Uh, I mean, Dodgers are looking for one. It's going to be interesting to see who's buyers and sellers at this deadline because the Diamondbacks go out and get another starting pitcher to pair with Zach Gallen with this young offense. They could be a wild card team because they do have the talent. Again, right now I'm picking them just to miss it. I think Dodgers, Braves, and Brewers look like the walk are the the postseason teams, where um, we got to see what else happens. I I still believe in the talent that is the San Diego Padres. I still believe in the talent of the Phillies. I still believe in the talent of the Mets, and I still believe in the talent of the Cardinals. Um, the Cubbies are a wild card team as far as like not like to fit into the wild card, but like a wild card as in uh, we don't know what they're going to do. They're going to go one way or the other. Same with the Diamondbacks. Uh, I feel pretty confident the Pirates are going to continue to slide. The Miami Marlins just don't have enough offense, although if Soler hits and maybe they go get a bat, I don't have any faith they're going to go do that. Uh, but to round out that lineup, maybe they become a team that could make some noise and become a pest. Uh, if the Cardinals do rise, where does that leave them and the Brewers? I think the Brewers will have to also slide to help the, the Cardinals rise. So only one of them is going to come out of there. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of, of shuffling. So Dodgers-Braves, the ones I feel the most confident about. I'd put the Brewers in that second tier because of their division. And then that third tier, I go Padres-Mets-Phillies. And then that fourth tier right below them that can make some noise and make this a one big mess, which I'm kind of hoping for because who doesn't love chaos, especially end of the year. It makes the regular season worth watching, which some of the other sports don't have. Uh, the Diamondbacks, the Miami Marlins, Chicago Cubs, and the St. Louis Cardinals. And then I would put the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Reds 
right below them. Some people believe in the Giants still to fit into that fourth tier to make the season interesting and make some noise. I, I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I think they, they have some decent young pitchers. I don't think they're going to be down for very long, which is whenever you look at uh, the teams like the Diamondbacks and the Reds that are hoping to rebuild it and turn these things around, uh, you also have to look at like the Dodgers and Braves aren't going anywhere. The Cardinals probably aren't going to go anywhere. And the Giants are just a, a team and a franchise that's not going to stay down for long. They're going to make moves. They have the money to spend if they need to. Uh, the Mets are in that same category. Uh, same with the Phillies. So um, we'll see how the year plays out. I think there's we're, we're due for some fun and some chaos in the wild card in the National League, regardless of how this plays out. Uh, eventually, like in most seasons, there's going to be one wild card team that like separates itself as the year goes on, sits themselves in there comfortably, and then the other two spots, or at least the last spot, will become a little bit chaotic. Uh, but that's where the standings are today. If the season were to begin, the Dodgers would have a the number one seed and a first round bye. Same with the Braves. Exact same as last year, where the Brewers will play the Miami Marlins and the Diamondbacks and the Pittsburgh Pirates will play each other uh, to figure out who plays the Dodgers. Moving on to the American League side. You have the American League East, which is the by far the most competitive division with every team over 500. The Tampa Bay Rays off again to a scorching start at 32 and 11, are four and a half games up of the Baltimore Orioles at 27 and 15, who own the second best record in Major League Baseball, half a game up of the Dodgers, as I talked about earlier. The Toronto Blue Jays are 24 and 18. Currently seven and a half games back. The New York Yankees, who are finally starting to hit their stride, who have played very good ball. They uh, they split the series 2-2 with the Rays, but it was a win because it looked like the Rays were <laughs> uh, going to take them to task after the, the Yankees beat the A's, which is a given, swept the A's, then they get smacked around by the Rays. Then they battle back, win two, and they almost win three to win three or four, but they end up splitting it 2-2. That's a bit of a win, especially after the slow start for the Yankees. Then they go in and win two straight, just open the series against Toronto uh, with, I believe, their last game today. So you have the Yankees and Blue Jays at four today. Oh, no, they play a four-game set. So they play again tomorrow at four as well. Uh, if they can figure out a way to win three of four, winning three of four in a four-game set is big and not easy to do. So they can figure out a way to win three of four against the Blue Jays. Uh, you feel pretty good. They're both seven and a half games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. And then bringing up the rear at 23 and 20, which is a obviously a winning record, uh, would be a wildcard team. Uh, would be actually the second wildcard team, a half game back, or game back of the Arizona Dimebacks in the National League. So uh, they're nine games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, which shows you the kind of start the Rays are off to. Uh, the, Anna, the AL Central has the Minnesota Twins, 24-19, who just won a game last night in L.A. Uh, they almost came back and won game one, uh, so uh, they could have easily won a series in L.A., which is big and a, and a great way to show you that we are a legitimate team and a contender in the Central, and we're not going to just be intimidated by going into a place like L.A. to play the Dodgers. They have a chance to win the series at noon today when they play the rubber match in that series. They are three and a half games up of the Detroit Tigers. Now, who would thought the Tigers would be there? 19 and 21, three and a half games back. The Cleveland Guardians are 19 and 22, four games back, so they're half game back of the Detroit Tigers. You have the Chicago White Sox, nine games back at 15 and 28, and the Kansas City Royals, 13 and 31, 11 and a half games back. Uh, the Royals are bad. White Sox are bad, should be sellers. We talked about the last episode. We won't talk about that more here. Uh, Cleveland continues its its mediocre and disappointing start, although I, no one's counting them out. They are a team that has gotten better as the season went on. In fact, they played their best baseball last year, August and September, when they created some separation in a really tight division. Uh, the Detroit, Detroit Tigers, I'm excited to see because I would love to see that team be competitive because they have some young talent on it. Uh, there's a lot of young talent that people were really excited about that was not very good to start the season. They bench Javi Baez. Uh, it starts to look a little bit better. I mean, he's still not as productive, but he plays good defense. He's a leader for them, can provide some sort of spark. Uh, you would love to see some of their younger guys step up and and contribute for them, pitching and offensively. Again, we talked about it in the last episode. But as of right now, it looks like the Twins 
are probably going to be the team to beat in this division. They've got themselves off to a nice start. They need to continue to finish. Their pitching has been really good. Their offense is starting to figure some things out. Uh, so there's a lot to like about Minnesota. It really is. Like if they, they're a team that can get into the postseason, which I think they can, they are not going to be an easy out for anybody because they, they do have talent at, uh, again, defensively, offensively. They can run. They can hit for power. They do have some starting pitching, I think, and they do have some relieving. Now, I know the starting pitching has helped carry them to start the season. I still think it's their weakest point, but it's not as weak of a point as it was last year the year before. Like, Ober, I watched him last night. He's not a guy that's going to wow you, and he's going to give up some hits, but he just, he's very difficult to read. And if you're going to see him for the first time in the postseason, it could spell trouble for a team. Sonny Gray has been a guy outside of his little stint with New York that has been very solid for a while. Pablo Lopez, uh, I know he had a rough start in L.A., but that happens. Has been really good for them to start the year as well. And Joe Ryan may be their ace. So there's not there's not any point. Like, their lineup isn't elite. Their rotation is elite. Their bullpen isn't elite. Maybe their closer is. But all of them are really good. There's not a weak spot, I don't think, in this team. They can run on you as well. Again, play defense. Uh, so uh, I don't put them up with the Rays or the Braves or the or the, the Orioles or the uh, the <laughs> the Dodgers. But I I do think this is a a quality team that could make some noise in the postseason if they get into it, which I think they can. Uh, Cleveland would be the team to look out for as far as maybe ruining those postseason dreams this year. In the West, the Texas Rangers continue to play very well to start the year at 26-16. and 16. They are three games up on the Astros, who are starting to figure some things out. Surprise, surprise, we kind of knew that was going to happen. They are 23-19, three games back, as I mentioned. The Angels are starting their slide, which I predicted, at 22-21. and 21. They've lost seven of their last ten. They are four and a half games back. And Seattle, who was off to a bit of a mediocre start, if you guys remember, they were off to a worse start last year, so don't panic, Seattle. They are 21-21, and five games back. And I've said it once, I'll say it again, if you can be 500 or around 500 by the the all-star break, you have a chance. You do. So don't panic. Be around 500 by the all-star break and then figure things out because... After that is whenever we really start to get an idea of who's a contender and who's not a contender. Uh, so Seattle 21-21. The Oakland A's bringing up the rear worst record in the league at 10-34. and They did manage to win their 10th game of the year last night on a walk-off win against the Arizona Diamondbacks at home uh, 9-8. They have a negative 159 run differential, which is sad. It's just sad. Uh, we'll talk more about the, the A's here in a second. Uh <laughs> Uh, the wild card standings, the playoff picture as of right now, Baltimore Orioles are three games up on both the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees for that number one wild card spot. The Yankees and Blue Jays are one game up on the Astros for the second and third wild card spot. The Red Sox are game and a half back, and the Angels are two and a half games back. Seattle three games back. Detroit four. Cleveland four and a half, and then you have the White Sox at nine and a half. Kansas City at twelve. Oakland at fifteen games back. Chicago, Kansas City, Oakland, their seasons are done. They're going to be competitive. There are going to be a lot of players that are going to show out uh, because they are talent. There are some talented players on there. Uh, Luis Robert has looked really, really good. The Pasquatch, Pasquantino, has looked really, really good in Kansas City. Um, they're they're not going to just roll over, but their seasons are kind of done, right? Uh, Cleveland, I don't... There's There's got a lot to go right, but... I'm going to give Detroit the benefit of the doubt, even though I, have, I really don't have a lot of faith in them to be an actual playoff team. Same with the Angels. Uh, but where they're standing at right now, you got to consider them in there. So from Cleveland on up, Cleveland, Detroit, Seattle, the Angels, Boston, Houston, New York, Toronto, Baltimore. Now, I I would, I again, Tampa Bay is a playoff team. Right now, I would say that Texas has looked every bit like a playoff team. They won 7-4 against Atlanta last night. They play Atlanta again today uh, at 5 o'clock, so it makes me think it's not a travel day. Is it a four-game set? Nope, that's the last one. So they're playing the rubber match against the Braves today um, to figure out that one. That would be a very good season win. Uh, They do have Corey Seager coming back at some point. Jacob DeGrom, it appears, is not getting Tommy John, so should be back at some point as well. Uh, I really like what they got going on in Texas. Baltimore, I really like what they're going on. And again, I thought I think Minnesota looks like a, a playoff team, but it's them or Cleveland. One of those two teams will be there. 
Uh, Toronto, New York should be playoff teams. Houston should be playoff teams. Uh, the rest of them, Seattle. So three, six, seven, eight, there, nine. There's there's nine teams I I think will make up the six playoff teams. Three of those teams will not be there, whether it be Texas, Minnesota, New York, Toronto, Baltimore. I think Tampa Bay has just done way too much this early in the season to not be a playoff team. Like they would have to be bad, bad to not be a playoff team, to not at least make a wild card spot. Uh, so I feel pretty confident in where they're at um, right now because let's see where uh, over the Yankees are seven and a half games up, which would make them eight and a half games. So a team would have to make up eight and a half games on them to knock them out of the, the postseason. So Tampa Bay, Lock them in. The, the rest of it, where it lands, I don't know. I mean, if they the <laughs> any of those teams, Baltimore, Toronto, New York, were in the National League, I'd probably say that they're playoff teams, that they look like playoff teams. Because outside of the Dodgers and Braves, it's everybody else in the National League. Dodgers, Braves, everybody else. The American League side of it, <laughs> Tampa... I think Texas, again, I've, I've been very impressed by te- Texas. Uh, I, the Yankees are still the Yankees. The Astros are still the Astros. The Blue Jays, there's so much talent there. Um, <laughs> Cleveland's a pesky team that are they're going to they're gonna make noise in, in August, September. You can book it now. Seattle, there's so much talent there as well. Uh, Baltimore, I like the talent. Like I talked about, Minnesota doesn't do anything elite, but they do three levels of the game very, very well. The American League, for me, is harder to figure out. Book the Rays are in. I think there's nine teams vying for six spots right now. And uh, sorry, Boston fans, Boston, the Angels, Detroit, uh, the White Sox, obviously. Three of the officially dead, the White Sox, Kansas City, and the A's are out of it. Obviously, Boston and the and Angels are, are close enough where they can surprise. They just don't have faith over the duration of the season. Um, but we'll see how that goes. That's the updated standings. Uh, it always goes a little bit longer uh, because I like to to kind of think about where teams are at and how I think the season is going to continue to play out. Obviously, there's still a lot of unknowns and variables to be played out. Uh, you don't know about injuries. Knock on wood, they've, they've played a big part of the season so far. Hopefully, they stop doing that. Things start to settle in a little bit. Uh, there's also trades. There's also... Um, there's something else. <laughs> I mean, poor performances are like the worst time. You, teams can go into a slide, and that kind of ends them, or they can just go on a ridiculous hot streak, streak that they can uh, hold on to to finish out the year. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen. That's just my feeling on things that are to play out with. Uh, now, if Cleveland, I will say this caveat. So they're, I said the nine teams. If Cleveland doesn't win their division, I don't think they're a wild card team. I think I don't know if Minnesota is good enough to be a wild card team either. But I put more faith in, in Minnesota maybe clinging onto a wild card spot if they fade a little bit or if the, the Guardians go on a ridiculous run. Uh, Texas, I think, could be a wild card spot, right? Um, Houston, if Houston makes a run, which I, it's hard pressed not to think that they will. Let's curious to see how it plays out. Okay, so moving on from that, there are a couple topic topics. Uh, I'll just repeat myself for a second. Uh, there's a couple topics that I wanted to touch on. Uh, one being the sign-stealing gate, what's going on in New York, Toronto, uh, what sign-stealing is, what's happening there, what they're talking about, the differences between that and what happened with Houston. And then I want to talk about the A's and Vegas, Oakland conundrum. Uh, kind of break down to people that don't know what's going on or they're confused at what's going on. We've we've touched on it a bit in the past. Uh, there's been more news, and it's been in, in the, the news cycle recently, so I'm going to give you my take on that and help to kind of explain it best I can. This episode shouldn't go too long, hopefully, uh, and then we'll... So I'm hoping to get a run before Dodger game starts. But let's talk about those two topics. So we'll start with the Yankees because it's... We're going from rec- the records on the field to what's happening on the field, and then we'll finish with the A's because it's kind of happening off the field. The Yankees, if you don't know, so they're playing in Toronto. Their first game, Aaron Judge hits two massive, massive home runs. Like They're not cheap shots. They are <laughs> bombs. I think they're 440, 430 plus, both of them. Uh, the first one, 
they see him like looking to the right. So he's right-handed. He's in the right-handed batter's box. He's looking to his right, kind of towards the um, dugout area. Well, where the dugout's located, it can't really be towards the dugout. But he's looking to his right, obviously away from the pitcher. Um, he's not turning his head, so you he's not looking at the the catcher either. So he's not trying to look at where the, the glove is placed. Plus, the, the catchers don't usually set their glove till later so that to avoid that, right? So they set up their glove too too early in the major leagues. That's a dead giveaway that that uh, where they're they're trying to pitch to you. So they usually don't set their glove up where they want it till the very last second where they have to. Um, they're also using pitch calm now. They they dabble with it last year. It's pretty much taken over this year where they're not putting signs down. They're not putting down uh, the one for the fastball, two fingers for this or that. Right? They're just pushing buttons. And it's letting the pitcher know what they're going to throw. Or some pitchers have that on their end where they push the buttons and lets the catcher know what they're going to throw. There is uh, no longer, again, signs putting down. So you can't steal signs that way. So how do you steal signs now with with Pitchcom? Now, one can say that you can hack into Pitchcom. I'm not sure on that. I would imagine there's a way to do it. Have teams figure that out? I don't think so yet. Will things figure that out? (laughs) Will teams figure that out in... uh, try to they're, they're gonna try will teams figure it out and employ it into a game maybe now we'll, we'll come back to that here in a second <laughs> uh, but the way to still signs now or not even still signs but to figure out what a pitcher is pitching is to find a tell right we've talked about it before um, if you actually go to John boy, uh, to to JM Baseball, I think is what he posts his breakdowns on. He does a breakdown early in the season. I believe it's a Detroit Tigers pitcher. No, is Michael Kopech. So look at Michael Kopech signed uh, tipping pitches. He does a breakdown on it uh, where he flares his thumb, his glove of his thumb when he's throwing a curveball. And that was a dead giveaway. The Giants teed off on him. He couldn't figure out why, but it was because he was tipping his pitches. So batters and teams have been looking for tips on pitches for a long time. I remember being taught in junior high and high school, right? Grip the ball the same. If you're, if you're, if you look for a, a pitcher and he's moving and wrestling his glove, looking for a grip for a breaking ball. Every time, you know, the breaking ball is coming, right? So if you're on the mound, I remember being taught, if you're going to have to move the ball around for your breaking ball, also move the ball around for your your fastball, even if it's both right there. So just do it where it looks the exact same every time, right? You learn to to maybe throw the ball the same slot every time, so the the, the pitch looks the same. Um, and obviously they've they've changed it a little bit where where pitchers can go up and down as far as their breaking pitches go. Uh, but you don't want to throw the same pitch from the same slot. So if you're throwing all fastballs from your arm right next to your ear. And then your breaking ball is your arm down to like a 45 degree angle coming across. Obviously, when they see your arm angle, they're going to know what it is. These are trained professionals that can see your grip as you're going through your windup. That can watch spin. They can see which rotation or way the ball is spinning as it's coming to them. Obviously, they can see if you're going to give tells away. So, if you're going to like hold the ball behind your back and show them your grip, they're going to know what you're throwing, and they're going to punish you for it. There are other tells. Those are the obvious ones, right? There could be he's slower through his windup whenever he's throwing a breaking ball. There can be he holds the his glove a little bit higher when he's throwing a breaking ball. There could be uh, he touches his hat and then maybe he shrugs his shoulders while he's throwing his fastball. Like, there's just little, it's little things. So if you watch poker, you can see it, right? You're They're trying to read people. Do they twitch their eye? Do they wink? Do they uh, shake off every time they want to throw a breaking ball? Do they, um, I don't know, deep breath? What, what Right, you're looking for tells. Again, if you're, if you're a poker player, if you watch the World Series of Poker, you can see that they're constantly looking for tells. They're doing whatever they can to look and remain the same every time. Because if you throw one sort of deviation and it becomes a pattern where that deviation happens every time you're doing this, they're going to pick it up. And these big league hitters, if they know what you're throwing, they're going to punish you for it. So it appears that uh, (laughs) this pitcher that came in 
the second time. So the first time they said he was he was looking, but there's no real evidence of it. The second time they the the announcers the ones that found it, and I've, I found the audio actually here. So I'll play it for you, and you can hear what they're saying about Aaron Judge, what he's doing. All right, Buck. So you and I looked at each other. Same moment right when we saw this three yeah. pitches ago. Watch what he's looking at. Yeah. What is that? Where's he looking? Where's he looking? And he did and it more than down, once. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really unusual. But you and I both looked at each other when yeah. we saw that. Like, like did you see what I saw? Yeah. And you don't want to go, you know, throwing allegations around without knowing, but no. And, and you know what? Yeah, I, I have had guys look back when I was catching, and, and you obviously could see it, and he he couldn't see the catcher with the way he yeah. was looking right there. Yeah, just did it again. And he pummeled it. He hit it a country mile for his second home run of the night. Third time this season, and Aaron Judge hit two homers in a game. And once again, he's looking at something. And then the next move is that powerful swing, and he blasts one to center field. I've not seen that before with him. No. I've not ever no. seen that. And we've both seen it him yeah, it was, a lot. Do you I mean, think he's trying to see if he can see Kirk, if Kirk's away? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know it's more likely to be a slider if Kirk's in and he can't see him it's more likely to be a fastball but the way his head was I don't know that he could see the catcher just looking like that yeah. a long so there you hear it um, he and you can see him he's standing to the right he's, his eyes just drift to the right his head doesn't turn back he's not looking back at it and then he hits the ball. He, he does. He crushes it. <laughs> he has that ball far. Again, the second home run of the night. Both of them uh, absolute bombs. Uh, and um, they're and people were mad at the broadcast booth, and, and they couldn't be. They shouldn't be mad at the broadcast booth. They are seeing something, and they're talking about it, which is their job, right? He, he's clearly looking to the right, which you don't see. I've watched a lot of baseball. I watch. I watch a lot of baseball. I, not only just Dodger games, like my days off, if there's morning games, which is why I like like Wednesdays, uh, sometimes Thursdays, Wednesdays, uh, Saturdays, Sundays, because the games, they're earlier in the day when I'm off, and I can watch that. Uh, the, the Peacock early morning or brunch game was what they're calling it on the East Coast, but it's it's early morning uh, for here. Uh, what time does that game usually start at? Uh, it starts at 8.35 in the morning here in Arizona, uh, Pacific time. So <laughs> I, I like watching those games. And I watch a lot of it. And you don't see that. You don't see batters having their eyes drift away from the pitcher and from the game. So what is it? Well, they asked Aaron Judge about it after the game. Aaron Judge says that uh, Aaron Boone, their manager, just been ejected from the game, and he heard some chirping. He didn't want them to happen, especially they're already up six nothing. Uh, he he was wanted to show a little bit of class, right? I'm the captain. I, I didn't want that happening. Aaron Boone says the same thing. Should be open shut case. Well, I don't think that's true. I don't think they think that's true. <laughs> especially after Ken Rosenthal interviews that reliever that was up there, and right now I can't think of his name. Um, but they ask him, and he says, "Yes." We, I was tipping pitches. They pulled me aside after the game, and uh, they told me that basically that I, I was pulling pitches. Uh, and that was Jackson, I believe. He was the, the pitcher. It's not going to load right now. Come on. Jay Jackson, yes. Jay Jackson was the pitcher, uh, and he told Ken Rosenthal, yes, I was tipping pitches. Uh, they told me about it afterwards. I can't remember exactly all that he said he was doing, uh, but he confirmed it. And what I'm I'm fairly certain, and no one's going to come out and say it, fairly certain what happened, uh, and most people are <laughs> fairly certain. I've heard a few people say it already, uh, and it makes the most sense, is that they, they, were, they found a tell. They, they, he was tipping pitches. 
even again, the, the pitcher himself admitted that he was tipping pitches. The the team, the Blue Jays, went back and watched the video, and they found it, uh, a couple of them, uh, from what he said. So the first base umpire was doing, or first base, the first base coach was doing something that was basically alerting Judge to the the pitch because they were he was watching the pitcher. As soon as he gave the tip, he would do something, and that's as simple as like put your hands on your knees, or uh, touch your hat, or uh, put your hair back. Right? I mean, there's a number of signs that that first base and third base coaches give you to let you know about um, your uh, play. Right? Obviously, they have to give them to you for bunts or for steals or whatever. There's little subtle things that they'll do, and they'll change it up as they go to let Judge know what was coming. So Judge knew what was coming, uh, and he crushed it. Uh, the next day, though, I mean, obviously, uh, Aaron Judge doesn't need that. The next day, he hits another bomb. and I think he knocks uh, one of the Leafs off of the Maple Leafs side in center. Uh, so um, Aaron Judge being Aaron Judge, if he knows what's coming, he's going to crush it. Uh, now, people are upset. They're trying to say, cheater, he's not a cheater. He was looking for tips. He found tips in the in the pitcher. It's up to the pitcher to be better to not give away signs. Uh, and it led to a, a very funny back and forth between the Yankees and Blue Jays, which there has been no love lost between these two teams over the last few years. Have both of them been competitive, and they've been like jostling each other for supremacy. Um, I mean, the Rays have been kind of more successful than those two, but still, they'd be, these have been two teams that have turned into a bit of a rivalry, and uh, they were... Yelling, and they made a complaint to MLB and the Yankees about the Yankees' first base coach staying in the the first base coach box. Now, if you've ever been to a game, you see the, the white lines right next to first base, right next to third base. That is the box that they are supposed to, the coaches are supposed to remain in. And uh, no, none of them ever do at any level, right? Sometimes in high school, coaches can or other coaches could become petty and uh, they, they could pay more attention to it. Uh, obviously, the Blue Jays coach was being petty and uh, making a big deal about the <laughs> Yankees coach staying there. So the next day, uh, while they're doing that, the Blue Jays coach, who was not in the first base's box, because none of them ever are, he complains and they make him go back to the first base box as well. <laughs> Sorry for the wrestling. The, 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 the doggos in here. Um causing a <laughs> stir of, of sorts. Uh, so the difference between that, and I want to touch on it because uh, that, and people get uh, too hung up on this, and we've talked about it before. So the Evan Drellich of The Athletic had wrote an article about uh, the the other cheaters in the sports and about how Chase Utley came into the Dodgers dugout and was immediately trying to look at film of the next pitch uh, so they can figure out if there's any tells, they can figure out any movement or anything that they can get on the pitcher to help them when they're batting next. That is completely different than what the Astros were doing. The Astros were taking signs in real life. The pitchers were not giving any tells. They were not doing anything. The umpire was, the catcher was just putting his fingers down. The Astros were using a <laughs> uh, camera directly on the catcher to relay the signs with a bang of a trash bang, trash can in real time. That is them using electronic devices to steal signs. There's nothing that the other team or the opposing team can do about it uh, except for change their signs up, maybe make multiple signs, which some of them were doing, but a lot of them didn't think they were doing that. And then especially in the postseason when there's so many secure, so much security, they shouldn't have been able to do it, but they did, which I, people are upset with them still. Now, I've, for the most part, I've moved past this. This Astros team is not that Astros team. Now, I'll still forever be upset with the 2017 Astros, the 2023 Astros, 2022 Astros, not upset with because... Most of those guys are gone anyways. Uh, it's a completely different team. Um, maybe I still don't like the owner, but that's as, kind of as far as it goes. Uh, the, the most upsetting thing to me is like there was a legacy game in there for the, the, for Clayton Kershaw, and they were stealing his signs. Uh, and if you don't think that's what, what's happening, you're still in denial. Evan Gaddis of the Astros himself have come out and said they knew exactly what was coming at all times. They were cheating. They had a system for it. Uh, and it went well beyond looking for a tip or a tell from the pitcher. So that is the difference. Same with like watching video after an at-bat. They all have iPads in their dugouts. So they can do just that. Every team has this. It's available to everyone because it's after the fact. You're watching your at-bat after the fact. You're not watching a live feed 
and then relaying that to the batter in the batter's box. Uh, that's the difference. Uh, if you don't understand that, I don't know how to explain that to you any further, uh, but it did make for some some funny fodder for uh, baseball podcasts and um, <laughs> personalities all over. Uh, go back and watch it. Aaron Judge starting to figure some things out. Very, very fun. You can't let that guy know what you're throwing. You got you to gotta button it up and not have any tells because you let him know he is looking very much like another MVP candidate after a slow start. Uh, I, th- I can't remember who said it, but basically I think he was just trying to give the rest of the league a head start before he just started pummeling the ball again uh, because he has been on a tear uh, and he's looked really, really good in doing it. Where's he at now? 11 home runs. Slow start. He's at 11 home runs, which is the fifth, tied for fifth. Uh, Max Muncy and Pete Alonso at 14 to lead the league. Luis Robert, like I talked about, guys starting to figure it out, starting to look like the Luis Robert that we were hoping to see. Him and Patrick Wisdom have third or twelve, which is second, and then Devers, Adelise Garcia, Aaron Judge, Matt Olson, and Brett Rooker, look out for him, are all tied at eleven, which is again basically the third, but they say fifth. I digress. <laughs> Aaron Judge is good. Okay, to finish things off, let's talk quickly about the Oakland. Maybe possibly the future Vegas A's, Las Vegas A's. I don't know what they're going to go by. Maybe they'll change their name. Maybe they won't. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know what? One last thing. Uh, Domingo Herman, cheater, for sure, cheater. Uh, obviously, and also a a abused his wife at a charity event. I think I've read. Uh, the Yankees. You got to let that guy go. You you got. It's like <laughs> Marcelo Zuna. Like, they don't provide that much quality for you to continue to keep these people who are bad people. Aaron Judge looking over at his first base coach because the, the pitcher's given a tell and what Domingo Herman is doing, two completely separate things. Domingo Herman, uh, dirtbag of a human being. Aaron Judge, classy human being who <laughs> is just doing some gamemanship and is really good at his job. All right, that, I digress. That's the end of that. So the Oakland A's have reached... So here's here's there's going to be some semantics in this. The Oakland A's have reached a binding agreement to build a new 1.5 billion dollar ballpark on the Las Vegas Strip. The stadium will be located at the current location of Tropicana, Las Vegas. Now, binding being the key word there because it's not a binding agreement and it's nowhere close to being a binding agreement yet. Have they reached a binding agreement with Bally? Possibly you can say that. Have they reached an agreement with Tropicana? You can say that as well. But there's no binding anything because they need the approval of two different entities. They still need to put together a pitch. They still need to put together renderings. They still need to figure out and throw everything together, all the numbers together, present it to the city of Las Vegas presented to the state of Nevada and presented to Major League Baseball. Now, it has to get through all three of them. All three of them have to approve it, say thumbs up, let's go. Then they have to get the zoning rights. They need to do a environmental audit. They need to do get permits. There's so much more that needs to happen before this becomes a thing. Now, generally, when a team announces they're going to build a new stadium, you go, okay, they're going to build a new stadium and a new stadium is going to happen. With the A's, it's a different story. <laughs> Because we have seen now, I think three, at least two that I know of, if not three different renderings and supposed agreements with the A's and the city of Oakland. And I think there was a one more surrounding area city close to Oakland. Obviously, neither of those have happened. We have now seen two different locations for Vegas. Neither of them have happened. One of them was a supposed binding agreement as well, <laughs> but that never happened. Uh, now they have another binding agreement at the Tropicana location on the New York Strip. <sighs> with each one, I want to say it seems more likely, but it's it just with the A's, it's just such a poorly ran organization. Now John Fisher, his parents, if you don't know, it created Gap, who owns Old Navy and um, various other clothing retails, right? Large, large chain worth billions of dollars has lots and lots of money. Now 
he has tried to play out what's going on real life major league the movie if you haven't seen it the owner owns the cleveland indians at the time before they changed the name of the guardians recently obviously uh, and uh she decides to cut the payroll if they're good or they're worth any money trade them or don't sign them to come back that's what they's have done. They traded away Matt Olson. They traded away uh, Matt Chapman. They traded away um, Chris Bassett. I think they traded away or just didn't sign him. Marcus Simeon. They let him go. They let <laughs> they traded him away. I don't. Know. They traded away or signed Sean Murphy. They traded away to the Braves. They've traded away or let sign elsewhere. So many players. Mark Canna. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Cole Irving, <laughs> uh, Jesus Lazardo, AJ Puck. I mean, I could keep going. Now they have a lineup that is the bare minimum. Now, Brent Rooker is playing too well, so I'd imagine he'll be traded pretty soon. Uh, they've, they've won 10 games, which is unacceptable at this point. Uh, now they're not going to be a ragtag bunch that is going to make a run and beat the Yankees and make the playoffs or win the division. All right, it's a bit of a confusing ending because they, they won something, I guess. Maybe it's like the old school rules of if you give the best record in the American League and you win the pennant. And then uh, things end. They don't talk about the playoffs after that. But they, they do win something. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> I love that movie. It's a classic. It's one of my favorite movies to watch. Uh, but again, obviously, they, they don't... Uh, the ending could be a bit confusing if you're like a baseball fan trying to figure out what they actually want. But they want something, right, to to show up the owner. That's not going to happen because this is real life, not a movie. And uh, if you don't have talent, you're not going to be competitive in a talented division or league. Again, they're not in the National League where there may be some leeway towards the bottom and towards that wild card spot. Uh, no, you're, you're not going to. There's teams that are just so much better <laughs> than you are. Um, and so they're going to be bad. Their attendance is like 2000 people. They're setting like record low attendance numbers. Uh, and a part of that isn't just because the team is terrible. Now, if the team was terrible, just if it was just the team was terrible, they would probably still sell out. Like the fans in Oakland, like they have legitimate fan base. They have a really, really good fan base. This is sad to see this happening to the fan base. I know I talked about it before on here, uh, but it's sad to see that this owner is such a piece of crap. The, the Coliseum is falling apart. It is terrible. There's rats, there's possums. Um, it's just, it's, it's bad everywhere. It's bad, 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 bad. The owner is trying to scrap this, make the payroll as minimal as possible. Now we've talked about it before. The, the valuation of franchises, in major league baseball continues to rise. And even with a dirt cheap payroll, even with a team that is going to lose 100-plus games this year, even with the worst possible facilities in all of professional sports, the Oakland A's value is still going to be very, very high because what? Because they're still part of Major League Baseball. We don't have reg uh, relegation here, which, theory for me, I believe, You've seen renderings, Salt Lake City, Orlando, and I don't, I don't know if those are ever going to come true, at least not in the immediate future. Charlotte, Portland, you talked about Mexico City, Puerto Rico, right? Um, Montreal. There could be a future. I think we're far away from it. There could be a future where baseball grows, right? Because it did took England a long time to become, um, I mean, it's been around way longer than Major League Baseball, the, the Premier League. Or maybe there is some relegation. Especially as these minor league AAA teams are starting to get better facilities, they're starting to grow. Right, they they've trimmed down the amount of minor leaguers that they had, and to to put more money into it now that they have um, a collective bargain agreement for the first time in minor league baseball history, there is a road to that becoming a legitimate thing. You're going to have teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox that are never going to be bottom of the barrel, like the A's, like possibly Pittsburgh, like, I mean, it would, it would suck to see Pittsburgh, but understandable, Colorado, um, Washington, Kansas City, right, Detroit. You can see those teams possibly getting relegated. It would, would cause such a stir to start off with but to let teams in cities show themselves and show themselves out and like have to actually play for something at the end of the year as opposed to just phoning it in like the Oakland A's. Like if, if there was relegation, this would not be happening. 
It it wouldn't be. Like the A's would would fall into obscurity. The city would riot because they would continue to be relegated down. They're not going to be relegated. They're part of Major League Baseball. They're staying a part of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has threatened to step in if ownership cannot figure some things out. So, So John Fisher is being forced to actually do something instead of just taking in TV deals and uh, merchandise deals from other teams and just kind of banking money on spending next to nothing on the team. So he's going to have to make an attempt. And this could be seen as someone who's not only trying to um, completely bottom out so they can have room and and make a move to Vegas. It could be a guy that uh, is trying to build up its value, right? So, and it's really, it's a genius business move, I guess you can say, where they, he's spending, again, next to nothing on the team. For the, for any sort of franchise or business at any level in America today, he is spending like the slowest amount you could possibly spend. And, but he's attached to this great overarching company. And... Now he has a supposed quote unquote binding agreement with Bally Sports and Tropicana or to buy out Tropicana and put their um, stadium there. So they have the promise of a brand new stadium in which they're going to look for the city to provide up to $400 million worth of funding, which between Bally and Oakland, the Oakland A's owner, he's a billion dollar owner, Major League Baseball, why they need to take that much money from the city of Vegas who needs a lot of help in other places, namely education. I don't know. But that drives up the value of this team more. I found this on the web. They, they, they don't need this. Right, but now your value when you spend nothing. And let me see, Oakland A's, Athletics, franchise value. If I can spell, he can make so much money off it. Uh, it says they're worth one point one eight billion dollars. That's how much they're worth if he sells the team. He would probably make more than that. If they have an agreement in place to um, the most revenue, who makes the most revenue? So yearly, the they're not in the top ten, but I'm sure they they make quite a bit. What is each team worth? The Oakland A's worth one point one eight billion dollars. Again, if they have an agreement in place for a brand new facility and things get approved and they can go to Vegas. And so now you have the promise of a state of the art facility in the middle of Vegas, who is, which was becoming a thriving city. Uh, the value is going to be more probably sell for closer to $2 billion. Now, what did Fisher buy? The Oakland A's for how much did he pay? Um, for reported $180 million, $1.18 billion, $180 million to $1.18 billion. And as I said, if you have the agreement and that there's no money, like the, the value you can get out of buying the A's franchise right now for $2 billion, like you, it's, it's well worth the investment for somebody. Who's willing to do it? And I hope, so. I hope some like ridiculously rich person who loves the sport, who loves baseball, comes in and buys the A's uh, for $2 billion and then turns that back uh, once promising beautiful franchise into a relevant beautiful franchise again. Because I love the A's. The green and gold is awesome. Like There's so much to like about it. Their fan base is awesome. And what John Fisher is doing to it is just, it's sad and it sucks to see. So are the A's moving to Vegas? I don't know. I, I, right now I'll probably I'll give it a 70% chance. I'll say 70% yes. Now, I, I know I've said like higher percentages before in the past, uh, but I, that was back when I was um, underestimating the ineptitude and the uh, malicious intent of John Fisher. I'm not doing that anymore. So I give him 70%. Now, is is Fisher the only reason and like should take all of the blame? Uh, 
for what is happening in Oakland? No, the city of Oakland is messed up too. Like they, they tied their horse to the A's as opposed to the Raiders. The Raiders wanted to build a facility there. We're looking to work with John Fisher and the A's and take over the parking lot because they love the parking lot area invest into the area like they were willing to invest into the area all three of them invest build it make it a campus area make it a beautiful two facilities and everything around it they've tried to work with the warriors all of them oakland decided to side with the a's not do that the a's didn't want to do that they said no and oakland sided with them and now oakland is stuck with the a's maybe not for long now they're gonna be stuck with nobody no warriors no a's no raiders no minor league teams nothing San Francisco is falling into disarray in downtown San Francisco and Oakland is looking bleak. The state of California, we can go deeper into that, but we won't right now. And just say what John Fisher is doing to the A's is a travesty. And I really, really hope that all of this falls through because he doesn't have enough time. They're trying to do it before the fiscal year and it's not going to happen. There's so much to have. There's just some like back... <sighs> backhanded, very illegal things that happen. There's no audits done. There's no permits been done. Like they don't have any of it finished and it doesn't just happen overnight. There's so much more that Vegas needs. I really want to see the Las Vegas get a professional baseball team. But the A's belong in the Bay. Now, I still like the A's if they're in Vegas, yes. Well, a lot of people, yes. But they belong in, in, in the Bay Area. Bring a new team to Vegas. Bring a new team to Portland. The West Coast needs more teams. Baseball, Major League Baseball has made it clear they are looking to expand. It's going to happen. There will be 32 teams five years from now. Maybe sooner. They've already tried to like ease you into it. They went to interleague play, let everyone play each other. Uh, they've expanded the playoffs. They've now made it where it's a balanced schedule where everybody plays everybody. You play your division um, more than everyone else, but you still play them less than you did last year. So it's more balanced, and it's setting up to become a... Um, to, for expansion. Now, I hope that they don't go too far with this spreading it out where divisions don't matter. Like in the NBA. The NBA regular season is unwatchable. It really is. It's bad. It's, it's turned into just a... Uh, it's terrible. Like, why bother watching it? The playoffs have been fun. I'll give them that. They've, they've done a really good job setting up some very entertaining play, uh, playoffs, and the, the talent disparity in basketball has gotten a lot better. It used to be terrible. It was like, there was two teams, maybe three, <laughs> and, and then kind of everybody else. Uh, so the talent disparity has become better. It's not the same teams every year. Uh, you do have more excitement, which has made for a very – a much more exciting regular postseason, but the regular season is terrible because the divisions don't matter. the The wild card, you have the playoff games and play in games now, so you have a little bit of a um, um, playoff stretch right before the end of the regular season. But the most of the regular season doesn't matter. NHL, kind of the same thing, and they try to make the divisions matter even more so there. So there's going to be a balance there. Right now, I think baseball has a much better regular season, even though it's longer. It's much more palatable. NFL obviously has the best regular season, but their their postseason at times could lack because there's not as many games in it. Uh, but that's what happens when you when you can only play 17 games. The regular season just every game means more. It's so like every single game matters. Where when you play 162, not every game matters, right? Whether you like to say it or not, not it's not the end of the world if you lose a game, in <laughs> or a series. Right, you want to just go on stretches, but the regular season matters. It's fun. You have entertaining. You have stories to watch during it. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance that. There will be expansion to thirty-two at the very least here soon. And whether it's Vegas or Oakland or one of them is yet to be determined. Uh, so don't be buying your uh, Vegas A's merchandise just yet is what I'm saying. Just pump the brakes, see how it all plays out because I have zero confidence in John Fisher doing the right thing. That's all I got on the, the Oakland A's talk. I uh, hope you guys like this episode. Remember to like and subscribe. Please leave a written review. If you want to join in the conversation, leave written reviews. That's a good way to do it too. And it helps promote the show. It's the best way to promote the show. Leave a written review, please. Please, 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 please. <laughs> 
uh, I always say it. People, I don't think people really understand like how important they are for podcasts. So if you have a favorite podcast, not just this one, leave a review for them. Subscribe to their channel. Go to social media at just a Reyes, um, just a race.com info at just a Reyes, or follow the anchor link to the anchor page where you can leave a voice message or you can donate to the show. All of that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you guys for listening and I'll talk to you again real soon.